Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Greg Jones Optimization Academy, where I get to interview some of my favorite innovators in health and wellness and regenerative medicine and functional medicine and all these really cool things and just have good conversations with good practitioners, right? And today we are super, super excited to welcome back Lexi Yu. For those who do not did not listen to part one, stop what you're doing, listen to part one, then come right back and get to part two and learn about Lexi. She is the founder founder and owner of Udirect Health, a leading healthcare practice that focuses on integrative medicine, anti-aging, and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. She is a double board certified nurse practitioner, not single board, double board. So that's extra work. So that right there should let you know she is a serious, serious practitioner in the areas of family and pediatric medicine with a passion for, for providing comprehensive and personalized care to her patients. Lexi is a dedicated healthcare professional, and she strives to make a positive impact on her patients' lives, delivering personalized care that addresses their unique needs and concerns. Through her Udirect Health and YDH Training Academy, she pushes the boundaries of healthcare innovation, empowering others in the field to achieve excellence in patient care and well-being. Welcome back to the show, Lexi. So good to be back. Man, I need to get something like an applause thing, man. Like I hit a button <laughs> and some applause. You need that, though. You deserve all the uh, sound effects, right? I did find some effects on uh on uh it won't do it but i was on a youtube and i was doing like a thumbs up and it was like the stuff was popping up balloons were popping up and like i, I totally yeah. lost my focus but i got my focus back today so we are going to talk about some really cool stuff today we're going to talk about wound healing and skin healing right because again this ain't about band-aids this ain't about putting you know, rubbing some ointment on it this is about actual healing and getting better so i'm super excited to talk to you about that today so so I'm going to get right into it because I've been, we've been waiting like two whole weeks for part two. So we're going to jump right into it. So what are some of the most common, because when you think wounds, right, most people, you think wounds, you think, you think, oh, I got stabbed. I, I cut myself like on a paper cut, which are the worst cuts ever, right? That just makes you want to realize you want to rethink your religion and get a bad paper cut, right? Or just something like that. What are the most common wound cases you actually see in practice? Uh, we... We have like the full gamut of patients. So as far as wound goes, we have patients where maybe they've had, we do a lot of women's health. So the mommy makeover. So we've got the under boob scar. We've got the transverse abdominoplasty scar. We see a lot of that. Um, we have patients who have um, MSK procedures. So musculoskeletal, so you know, shoulder, knee, anything like that. There's scars in that kind of form that we also deal with. The other thing that's been pretty cool is so our, my medical director, so in Indiana, we have to have a collaborating physician. Our medical director is a cosmetic surgeon. So in his previous profession, he also did a fair amount of wound care. So just kind of learning a little bit through just the, the other modalities that you can use on um, hyperbaric oxygen and things like that has been really, really cool. So for, for the sake of my practice, I do a lot of acne scar treatments. I do post-operative type scar treatments. And then the other thing that I would say that we do see um, a fair amount of is um, like pigmentation. So it's not technically a scar, but it is something that does benefit from the types of treatments that we offer to our patients. So that's probably the variety of scarring that we do. Uh, do you ever get to treat any, any burns? I know most times you get a bad burn, you're going to the ER or urgent care, but do you see anyone kind of recovering from that? I have actually treated some burns, but the, it like the burn was like 10 years ago. And I have mm. like the leftover um, kind of fibrous skin that, that you can definitely see has um, some, some texture changes and pigment changes as well, but, but not, not like fresh burns. No. Yeah. I think 
here, kind of the one the ones that I've seen, I don't even call it a wound, but it's sometimes you'll see like that post C-section scarring, uh, just trying to get that smooth again. And we're going to talk more about these things a little bit later. But for the most part, when people have wounds, they're generally going to, for what we do, you cut yourself and it's bleeding. I'm pretty much going to say, hey, it's great. I'm glad you told me that. Now take your ass to the ER. Like seriously, right? You, you need some stitching. Somebody got to sew that up, right? So there's a level of what we're doing. But I think for us, it's actually getting those wounds to heal after they kind of got the, the initial kind of um, trauma unit kind of stuff going on, right? So you've kind of been triaged and now you're at a point where you want the scar to kind of go away, right? And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of it. So now that being said, like, you know, let's just say you get this this wound patient, this skin healing patient. It's, you know, we, we were kind of talking about like, we never just, last episode, we never just jump into let's do this. Now, when it comes to wound healing and skin healing, what are some of the foundations you want to make sure that, that are set in your patients before you dive into some of these more cutting edge innovative therapies? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest things that we would see, especially, so my background is I was a peach general surgery nurse mm -hmm. practitioner in a pediatric hospital, right? So that is surgery at its finest. I would say nutrition, right? So a lot of things that we would look at is, are they with pediatrics? They don't really have a choice. It's kind of like whatever their parents give them, but the things to kind of keep in mind are gut health, right? So what is their microbiome looking like? Could that be a reason of delayed wound healing? Thinking about things like a candida infection. So candida, if you do anything with gut health and functional medicine and the five R approach to gut health, Clearing candida can be very difficult. So sometimes if we see a wound that is maybe delayed in healing, or if they continue to kind of get this reinfection, you want to start looking at, do they have dysis or do they have an insufficiency dysbiosis? Meaning do they lack the beneficial bacteria in the gut to help support their immune system? 80% of the immune system is made in the gut. So if our goal is to recover, repair, build that collagen, that's what causes a scar is, is the, re, the rebuild of collagen and elasticity. And the microbiome is not good we got to start there. I would say some of the other things to consider would be, oh, as, as we all know, some glutide is such a popular peptide. I feel like that's when people say peptides automatically, they think of that one, but looking at, are they diabetic? Are they pre-diabetic? Are they insulin resistant? Again, cause that is going to delay wound healing if they are a hydration status. That can also be another thing. Um, another thing would be maybe like their thyroid status. So a low functioning mm. thyroid can oftentimes lead to um, a delayed wound healing uh, as well. Other things to consider would be like mitochondrial dysfunction. So what is their mitochondrial looking like? And, and the, the thing is, is there's not like, here's your one mitochondrial test, like a pregnancy test. You pee on the sick, oh, you're pregnant. There's not a test like that for mitochondria, right? And that's where really functional medicine kind of shines. It's, it's a consolation. It's the clinical picture. It's looking at lab values. And then how does it present? So when we think mitochondrial dysfunction, we look at things like maybe glutathione levels or like a GGT. Are they iron overload? Are they sarcopenic? We look at all these things because those could be the root causes is why are they having a hard time healing? Um, so we look at all these other things to kind of help set the landscape for a good ecosystem of healing and making sure we're really supporting their immune system, making sure they're supporting their gut health. And not only that, controlling inflammation, which huge. as we all know, inflammation can be such a trigger to other things, right? Huge. It's huge, right? Now, what's interesting about that is one of the things we ask our patients when they're kind of in this healing pathway, and this doesn't matter if it's a wound healing or like an injury, is when have you been taking any any steroids, right? Especially the glucocorticosteroids, right? Or so the glucocorticoids, right? So that's your prednisone, right? Because again, prednisone, usually if there's inflammation, a lot of times in the more traditional healthcare surroundings, that's their goal to. You got some inflammation, here's a prednisone, right? You got something going on. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply in that pathway prednisone but that prednisone actually can suppress the long-term healing pathways right so that's one of the things someone comes in hey you hit it right on the head like how's your diet how's your gut but also have you been taking any steroids does this happen because now that's something we have to take into account even though yes it suppresses inflammation but a little bit too much right sometimes you do need that inflammation to get the healing process going one of the gut ones i was actually looking at really cool is uh again i think we talked about it last time i saw you is like the gi mapping i believe you guys do a pretty good amount of gi maps right, is uh, one of the the uh, bacteria that's kind of like the good guys in the gut, right, that I was like, oh, okay, well, I think about it for weight loss, but acromantia, there's some studies mm-hmm. that show that acromantia oh. has a effect on actually healing and supporting the healing process, right? Um, just not a typical probiotic, right? When people go get the right. probiotics, they're getting bacilli and all that yeah. good stuff. But um, have you guys worked with acromantia at all? Or? Absolutely. So there's right. a wonderful supplement um, by a company called Pendulum. Um, and mm-hmm. we will use acromantia uh, a lot, actually, in our GI map protocol, because acromantia can help increase your natural production of GLP-1. So if I have a patient and they're metabolically fragile, and what I mean by that is, is they have trouble losing weight, they're constipated, they're not getting enough water, they're maybe pre-diabetic, their insulin is maybe over 10, like you're mm-hmm. met- metabolically fragile. That yeah, would be a great option for that. And then not only that, uh, tributary is great because it'll feed mm-hmm. the short chain fatty acids, which short chain fatty acids in particular can help metabolically improve the um, the bacterium to help kind of digest those carbohydrates and, and break those down and absorb them appropriately. Awesome. Awesome. Now you mentioned diet. Are there any particular kind of diet recommendations you want to have in the wound healing or the healing process, whether it be yeah. like protein or carb yeah. intake? I would definitely say making sure that patients are getting enough protein, not, not just for wound healing, but for mitochondrial function, know, promoting... Right. Uh, promoting lean body mass, because that's going to help kind of promote their immune system and and aging and all those things. So definitely making sure that they're, they're getting enough protein, looking at things like vitamin C and zinc and like endogenously supporting that as well. The other thing to consider too, especially in a patient who might be a little bit older, especially in our practice, we do a lot of hormone and I know you guys do a lot of men's health Mm -hmm. is are they having erectile issues? Cause then in my mind, that tells me cardiovascular wise, there's some issue. There's probably some nitric oxide situation that's probably not great. So that's where I go into thinking, how can we endogenously help support that looking at things like CoQ10 levels, maybe putting them on some some sort of like an arterial cell that kind of help improve the natural production of, of nitric oxide and improving the glycocase of the cell. Um, other things, and that's kind of where IV ozone can really kind of help is that you're going to help improve some of that oxidative stress in the body to get the inflammation down. Awesome. Awesome. Now, because all that really cool stuff and protein is so big though, and it, we we haven't maybe i'm gonna have you back on the podcast and we'll definitely talk more about i just want to do more myth busting on the glp ones right and yeah. there's the, the big myth of like ah oh, you get on these peptides and lose all this muscle and blah and especially like your athletic patients once they hear that it is all stopped like look we ain't got to talk about it no more you're talking about losing muscle i'm not about that life don't want it right and that education piece of all we just don't eat enough protein right most yeah. people don't yeah. and especially as we get older they we need more right as, right. as as you love pointing out i'm an old man and i need 
need more protein, right? It's only because you're terrible at IT and electronics. That's the only reason I even thought this, that. I'm horrible at the new stuff, right? The old stuff, your boy got it down, right? You need me to hook up some dial-up internet for you. You just you just make the phone call and we got you over here. But you, know, you start talking that fiber, fiber optics, then I'm just like, oh, it goes. But now... You got your patient in, you've seen them. Hey, we went over their foundations. Hey, we're making sure you're eating correctly, all this stuff, right? But again, there are certain now the foundation is important. You can, like we talked about before, you can do it in conjunction in parallel. Sometimes you got to do some things first. But now you got this patient, we're ready to start healing those wounds. Like let's kind of talk through like the toolkit, right? What are some of the things in your toolbox to accelerate and improve wound healing? Yeah, absolutely. So think about, I, I know you do a lot of musculoskeletal type injections, PRP, right? So PRP is only as good as what the patient is going to be. So setting up the milieu or the landscape, nutrition, optimization, good nutraceuticals, making sure their microbiome is, is important, helps that PRP be much, much more valuable to the patient. I always say you can't put shitty gas into a car and expect it to run well, right? It's not going to. That's that's a big reason why setting up that landscape, especially if you're going to be using like a, a PRP product, platelet-rich plasma, platelet-rich fibrin, any kind of personal stuff, um, you definitely want to make sure that those things are are up to stuff and running. I would say some of the other kind of basic kind of tools that that we have, there's a couple of different ways we can go, go about it, depending on what kind of wound that we're treating. I would say most recently, I just presented this past weekend on some of the acne scars. So when people have acne and they have that residual pocking, so pocking is where there's like an indentation of where maybe there was some sort of papule or like they picked at it and now it's scarred. So there's a couple different things that we can do with it. I actually have really come to love neurotherapy. So neural is N-E-U-R-A-L, neurotherapy. So that's where you use procaine if you don't know what that is. I didn't know what it was until like February. And I've been a nurse practitioner for almost 13 years. I'm like, what is this? And how did I not know about it? But what's kind of cool about neurotherapy is I'm sure you're, is, is that it's not only great as an anesthetic when I'm actually doing some of these pretty aggressive procedures, but it's also therapeutic in nature, which is great. So one of the things that I like to do, especially for acne scars and not only acne scars, but the actual scars on different areas of the body is I will inject procaine as kind of like my local anesthetic, kind of give it like a little bit of a block, but then I will take a longer needle and I excise the scar. And what I'm doing is it's a manual manipulation of where I'm breaking down those little fibrous bands. That is what's causing that healing ridge to kind of harden a little bit. So you're getting the, the, the pharmacologic therapeutic benefit, but then you're also getting the manual benefit from it. So it's kind of like you're getting the best of both worlds, which is great. Pairing that also, so I'll, I'll inject procaine and then I can also use a microneedling pen. So microneedling is a great way where it looks like a little pen and it's got five little 33 gauge needles at the end of it. And I've used a couple different pens. I've used Rejuva pen and I've used skin pen is the most recent one that I've used. Um, and they're great. What they do, and you're definitely going to want to numb this, but uh, you're going to basically create these little micro traumas or these micro traumas to the wound. And what that's going to do, it's going to trigger the healing cascade. So it's going to help your body kind of endogenously create this little collagen formation to kind of help accelerate that wound healing. And now that re basically re-repair it. So I've broken up the scar tissue with manual manipulation and procaine. Then I've kind of taken a microneedling pen over a wound. Then what I'm going to do, I might use PRP. I might use growth factors. That might be a donated um, type growth factor. And I then I'll inject that because that's going to help the wound healing process. 
Then I'm going to hit it with some peptides. So the peptides that I'm going to do, and this can be like an injection or this can be a top peptide. And I and I will pair a lot of the peptides that we talked about in the first podcast in the same po- in the same kind of mixture. So that first one's going to be that GHKCU copper. And co- that copper kind of ingredient in there is, I feel like, kind of like maybe the secret sauce a little bit. Um, it, it helps with accelerating the wound healing. And it also helps kind of helps increase some of that that natural kind of collagen production that you're going to get with the tripeptide of the GHK part of it. I always say like, don't, you can't have GHK without the copper. You can't have peanut butter without the jelly kind of thing. And they have to work synergistically together. The cool thing about that peptide in particular is it can also become in like a cream or a serum. I often, we talked about burns. I actually have a little jar of it at home because I've got kids. If someone's got a bug bite, uh, a burn, an owie, anything, I put GHK copper with BPC-157 topically. And that works really, really well. Their at-home homework is to rub this ointment on their wound until the next time I see them. A lot of times I will also inject thymus and beta-4, which we know increases nitric oxide, right? So that increases blood flow to the area. You increase the blood flow to the area and you're kind of getting all that healing cascade and increasing the like basically the healing process of it i find that that i call it the peptide trio ghkcu copper bpc157 and tb4 injected into the wound works very very well and that's why i say using that procaine first is great because ghkcu kind of burns a little bit so that kind of helps with that that kind of aftermath then to kind of top it all off, just, just add more layers to it is then I take 20 gamma of ozone and I inject that 20 gamma of ozone right into the wound, kind of just doing like little sub Q injections of it. And then I take, um, take that, that ointment and I just rub it right on over it. And then that's pretty much kind of the wound protocol that I do. And we've seen amazing success with it. And all that's pretty, pretty badass to be honest with you, because there's a lot of things that we use too. And you hit those, those are my big three. I actually had my show notes like, oh, what are my top three? And then we didn't even promise y'all, we didn't talk about this in advance. They're literally the same ones that I like to use on that. So the GHK copper, the VPC-157, the thymus and beta-4. Amazing with healing, but something Lexi said that to keep in mind is that one of the big parts about healing is the body wants to heal. And it needs to get, it needs to get those healing growth factors, all those, your own stem cells they got to get to the site but unfortunately when there is an injury when there's a wound you kind of get this remodeling a little bit you just don't get the flow right so these peptides actually uh, it's called vegf or vascular endothelial growth factor actually allows creating those new blood vessels to get the nutrients to the system that the body needs to heal which is really really cool and the ozone is awesome because now you're actually getting that oxygen there and also getting more fibroblasts and more of that vegf so these are all really really cool the uh, other peptide I'll consider, it depends on if it's an inflammatory kind of topical site. I'll use KPV sometimes too, a mm, tripod. Ah. So have some really good results of KPV and even using that in acne too, because it's acne, such a good uh, anti-inflammatory. We've actually injected uh, KPV directly into cystic, cystic acne wounds and seen them improve, right? So there's so many amazing, amazing options. Uh, with the ozone, you mentioned kind of doing the 20 gamma into the scar, which I've also had some experience doing before, especially like post-C-section scars. Would you ever consider doing IV ozone? zone as part of the healing protocol as well? Absolutely. All, a lot of these therapies can be pricey, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. If their pocketbook allows, absolutely. If they could do the IV ozone, 1000%. We we actually kind of do a stepwise approach. So there's a certain kind of gamma we start them at. 
and then we kind of jump to the next level because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to avoid a Herxheimer response, especially if I've not done a GI map on them. I don't know what their microbiome looks like and it, there could be some bad shit in there. We do kind of like a step stepwise approach. And then once we get them to high dose ozone, the greatest thing, and I'm not sure what, what um, dosing you guys are using at your practice, but the way that I kind of make it very simple for patients is that one high dose ozone is the equivalent to two and a half standard treatment. So what's great about that is that you could basically do one treatment maybe every other week or every third week. And that would be almost as if you were getting IV standard ozone every single week. You're going to see a dramatic acceleration of that recovery by adding that layer of IV ozone on with it, which is so, so cool. Some other things with the ozone that you can also do, we've not done it, but uh, limb bagging, I'm not sure if you've done anything with limb bagging. Um, so that's like, a, it looks like a kind of like a saran wrap plastic plastic wrap. And so you'll put the limb in there and then you basically infuse the ozone into the, into the air, kind of wherever the limb is. Now I'm going to tell you, Greg, my son, he's about to start wrestling season here. And we all know wrestlers love them. Some ringworm love them. Mm -hmm. Some of So stay tuned. Cause I might have some limb bag before and afters on that one. One other thing that we've actually used uh, ozone for is there's an extension you can get for your equipment where you have an, where you have like a steth it looks like a stethoscope and it can, you can use it for otitis externa, otitis media and Meniere. So we have a patient utilizing it for Meniere's and vertigo for that as well. So ozone's so cool because there's very little, if any side effects with it, other than it kind of stinks a little bit and it works so well for so many things. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So a lot of options, a lot of options and a lot of really cool things to do. And the great thing about getting with a doctor like that's trained in this and a practitioner like Lexi is having those options, right? And finding a protocol that meets you where you are, right? Because I know she just laid out a bunch of stuff, but everybody <laughs> doesn't need them all, right? right and, and she hit some of the factors, severity, time, because some of these things do take time, right? And also budget, right? Because like you have to kind of kind of get the most effective thing. And then sometimes you don't need it all, right? So it can be a little bit of overkill, right? So I know we mm -hmm. all want to do it all, but finding out and getting with someone smart who knows the right things to do. My camera just, oh, there we go. Sorry. just got a little camera issue there. I'm back. I'm back. So Greg, one other thing I wanted to mention here, cause we're talking about wounds and I know for like a week, maybe you were an injector. And then I think you decided to like bow out of that, which is probably for the best, but anyway, I did society a favor there. Right. So it's heroic, <laughs> heroic in my defeat. But one thing that's actually really interesting. So as an injector, as a trainer, I train for companies and things like that. One of the scariest things that can happen with filler is something called a vascular occlusion, right? So that is where hyaluronic acid or or whatever the product that you're injecting either can cause a vascular occlusion where you've accidentally injected it into an artery. And that is going to prevent blood flow for, and it's going to cause a vascular compromise to other places of, of the face or wherever you're injecting. Or you can actually get something called the compression occlusion, which is where maybe there's some swelling and you've compressed, you've clamped down on that flow, right? So what's so interesting is that in a vascular occlusion, we can actually use ozone, which is so, so cool. I've been very fortunate. I've not had to use it. I have used it on, we're so post COVID, we're seeing a lot of weird shit in the aesthetic world, but we're seeing a lot of um, issues with something called a delayed onset nodule. So this is maybe some fi um, filler that created a little biofilm around it, right? And then here we are you know, six, 
six months, a year later, and now they've got like a nodule in their face or their a granuloma. I've had two cases where I'm very fortunate. We have an ultrasound machine that I can, I can like localize it under imaging. And I've actually injected ozone around it and it's dissolved, which is crazy. It's so, so crazy. Cause there's no literature on it. I'm like, well, I know it's not going to hurt the patient. I've, I went in there, went, visualized it, took a cannula, used hikes. I use a tiny bit of catalog and then I just kind of bathe the area with, with a little bit of ozone mm. and it's incredible. It's so, so incredible. So it's mm. cool. It, it, there's so many usages for, for it, especially in uh, aesthetics that I don't think the aesthetic world knows anything about. That's okay. Well, you will be someone at the forefront and educating these people because I know you're blessed to speak in conferences, speak at conferences and have people come train with you. So the more, the better. Mm. All right. I think, I think some people are ready to come get some wounds healed with you, right? I think they're ready. I think they're ready to make that trip and all that good stuff. So now this has been great and it's been fun. And I'm excited that we had, I'm really grateful and thankful we had an opportunity to circle back and do part two on this as well. So before we get out of here to summarize, wounds come in different shapes and sizes and flavors. Number one, uh, like Lexi talked about, it's never just a one, hey, you have this wound or you have the skin damage, just do this thing. It's a comprehensive approach, a foundational approach, integrative approach, right? Nutrition, diet, getting enough sleep, all the good stuff. We can go on and on and on, but it's the same factors we always talk about, stress, right? The gut health, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, you know, just getting a good foundation, but there are some really cool things out there between peptides and ozone and PRP and growth factors. So never just take, just throw some prednisone at it as the answer. We want you to heal and continue healing throughout the process. So that being said, another great one, Lexi, another good one. I want to thank you again. Before we let you go and back to changing lives out there in Indiana, where can people find you? So my Instagram handle is udirecthealth underscore aesthetics. And it's the U is spelled Y-O-O, directhealth underscore aesthetics. Um, my training academy is ydhacademy.com. If you're in Indiana or the Midwest and you want to be a patient, it's www.udirecthealth.com. Uh, I also have a podcast, which Greg is going to be on at some point when our lives slow down, which they're never going to, Greg. They're just that's not. It. The Better You Project. I think that's it. I think that's it. Well, great. Well, great. Well, we are honored to have you back on the show. We're looking forward to next time. And I will definitely be on the lookout for that invite to be a guest. I will make it happen. I will make it happen. We will do this. We will do it. So. Hey, everybody, you have been listening to another episode of the Dr. Greg Jones Optimization Academy. Be on the lookout for our next episode. I want to thank you all for being listeners and supporting what we do here. And I can't wait to see you again. All right.